Welcome to TCC Alive, a podcast of Tulare Community Church. God bless you all. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord be with you in all your ways and make you prosper and give you hearts full of faith and trust in him that you might receive eternal life forever and ever in the highest heavens and that you would be able to work on his behalf, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ here and now in this world, and that you will love one another, that you would forgive one another, that you would share with one another in the likeness of Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Thank you, Holy Lord, for these scriptures that you have given us. I ask you to open them up now in the name of Jesus Christ and by your Holy Spirit make us to understand as we read through these Bible passages in ways that go beyond our human capabilities. That's only possible when we open up our hearts and minds to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, teach us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The service up to this point has been involved in forgiveness, restoration. The passage that we read today that falls on this particular day from our working through uh, the book of James, uh, at first blush, might not appear to be about forgiveness. It's about not being involved in the world as your point of reference. It's about being like God, and I would submit to you that that's all about forgiveness. For if you are like the world, you will not be able to forgive. If you're living your life in a worldly fashion, then you will follow what the world says, which is if anybody does you harm or wrong in any way, shape, or fashion, you're to hate them. You're to get back at them. Take your pound of flesh, your eye for an eye. Does that sound like Jesus? But that's what the world says. And it's easy for us to get caught up in the world. We can see it. It's right here. We go out of here and we get in our cars and we go to our homes and we have our businesses and our jobs and our families and friends and all of that and we're in a society called the United States of America and we've, we've got uh, all kinds of issues. We've got that thing which is mostly American in all the world and that is to do greater and to have more. I would submit to you that the most you can have is Jesus. There is nothing higher. There is no thing that can take his place or even stand close. Jesus will take us to heaven wherein all goodness, nothing bad, No unrighteousness, but just blessing after blessing after blessing on through eternity where time doesn't even matter and 
In comparison to that, in comparison to all goodness forever and ever, is this short life that we live now before our God on this world, it's, it's, it's not even that long. Uh, in comparison, why then would we not have our hearts and minds attuned to and affixed on Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior all through this life and do the things that Jesus did on his earthly walk and that he now commands we do in our ministries in life. You know, I'm not saying it's you, but it's probably you. Jesus said, what, you know, what would it value a person if they gained the whole world and yet lost their soul? And it's the devil's message. The devil says, go ahead, be part of it, join in. It's okay. God doesn't mean it when he says he'll punish you. God doesn't mean it when he says if, if you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy of mine. In the end, he's just going to say, ah, it's all okay, come on. But does that sound like the Bible? That's the lie of the devil. Why don't we take a look at the truth of it? Let's read it from James. James supported by, indwelt by, and used by Holy Spirit God to write us these words. Today, we're going to look at uh, James 4, 1 through 12. You can read it along with me, I think. Yes, okay, it'll be up here. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, and you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to live in us envies intensely, but he gives us more grace? That is why Scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, 
you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy, but you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Fights and quarrels come not from the Lord, not from the spiritual heart. They come from the worldly heart. Check in with yourself. Is there somebody that you have resentment for? Is there somebody you hate? Is there somebody that did you wrong? Is there somebody who owes you? uh, And it's, check in. Is it eating away a little bit? Is it like Pac-Man in your heart, in in your mind? It has to be because that's the way the world works. This is what causes fights and quarrels among you. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Your desires to have greater, more, prettier, richer. It's all stuff of the world. It's all stuff of the world. And we've learned it. We learned it from society. We even learn it from our parents. Dear God, forgive our parents. Forgive us. We've learned to live in this world and be part of it, as if this were all there was. It's a lie of the devil. You want something but don't get it? This is how far some will go. You kill and covet. Kill and covet. So I long to have what somebody else has. Is that that so wrong? Yes, it is. It's in the Ten Commandments for crying out loud. Don't covet your neighbor for anything he has. But it's hard because the world tells us, yeah, that's how you get ahead. You desire bigger and better and then you get it. You go out and you get it. But is that really, is that really paying attention to the other person's needs? Is that really being a blessing to the other people in your life that you contact as friends or family or business associates? Where God says to humble ourselves The world says to exalt ourselves. And it can be in really small ways. Do 
You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. How then are we supposed to ask? You all know in here, in this room right now, you all know that you have to ask God, and you all do. I am sure. I am sure of it. But how do you ask? What is the motive? You know, the Bible speaks about the heart. We know generally that the heart is the pump of the blood that flows through our bodies and is not really the seat of our emotions and thoughts and motives and all that. That's actually our brain. But when we say the heart, we mean that part of our consciousness that desires, that wants. We know that it's the part that has the reasons why you want something, and it's at that point where our spirit is vulnerable. Holy Spirit says, oh, give, forgive, forget, love, be gracious, be merciful as your heavenly Father in heaven is merciful. Be like that. And the world says, the devil, the other guy says, no, go for the gusto. It's there. It's in your reach. Reach out. Grab it. It doesn't matter what that may do, what kind of a message that is. It doesn't matter if somebody gets hurt. You get it. You adulterous people. Verse 4. That actually is not talking about the sexual adultery. It's talking about our loving the earth more than our God. It's talking about breaking the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ over worldly things. It's choosing somebody else or something else to be our God. It's spiritual adultery. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? We probably didn't know that. I think that our heart, if we had a choice, would choose good most of the time. But if we don't prepare ourselves, if we don't know the Bible, if we don't stay in constant contact with God through prayer, if we don't gather together and share blessings and be blessings to one another and show our love, and if we don't do anything to, to extend the boundaries of the kingdom of heaven on earth, then we won't know this. 
It doesn't come to our mind easily. God has said it in many different ways all through this book, the Bible. Not the world. Not the world, but me. You have to live in it, but you do not have to be of it. We've all heard that. Anyone who chooses to be a friend, know what a friend is, someone who goes to and someone who does for and someone who cares about, right? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. You don't want to be an enemy of God, do you? The choice is actually not there for you. You don't wake up in the morning and say, well, today I'm going to be a friend of God. Or you don't wake up in the morning and say, today I'm going to be his enemy. But it's how you live your life. It's what matters to you. It's what motivates you to do the things you do that makes the statement of whether you are a friend or foe of God. It sounds like work. It sounds like it could be a lot of work to stay on God's side. But it's something we need to practice. It's something we need to pray about. He will give us faith. He will give us faith and grace and mercy. All we have to do is love him more than the world. Love him more than these, Jesus asked Peter. Do you love him more? Or do you think Scripture says without reason that the Spirit, that's our Spirit, he caused to live in us, envies intensely. But he gives us more grace. That is why the Scripture says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. That's what I'm saying. The Bible says what Jesus said on his earthly walk. Believe in me. You know what I say about believe. It's got all kinds of components to it. There's obedience. There's faith. It's not just acknowledgement that Jesus is there. Oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. And then go out and hate your brother or your neighbor or something like that. It doesn't wash that way. We have to submit ourselves to God and make the conscious decision with that mind that God has given us and our spirit and say, no, I'm going to act like Jesus. I'm not going to act like the world. I'm going to forgive in an instant. I'm going to prepare myself and be ready to forgive when people do me wrong. I'm going to do all of my relations and all of my interactions like that woman who forgave the kid that killed her daughter. 
I'm going to be like that. That's what Jesus is like. Only we need to do it all day long. Resist the devil, doing that thing we just talked about, submitting to Jesus, is resisting the devil. When temptation comes your way, remember it's not a sin. You have not sinned when you've been tempted. When something looks good to you, your eye catches it, and you think for a moment, oh, I'd like to have that. Then, if you take charge and have self-control, what are fruits of the Spirit, right? And you say, no, that's not for me right now. I'll ask God and see what he has to say. Then you have not sinned. But if you dwell on it, then the devil sees that. If you say no to it, he says, well, this, is, this obviously isn't going to be something I can carry out, and he runs away. But if you dwell on it, he says, aha, I got him. I'm going to work it. What do you want? What do you want to do? How, how do you want the devil to see you? How do you want the Lord God Almighty to see you, hopefully, submitted? Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Double-minded is wanting the world and God at the same time. It doesn't work. It can't work. Grieve about that. That's what it's talking about. I don't want you to go around with your head down and, and worrying and sad and all that kind of stuff. He wants you happy and glad. But the way to be happy and glad is to be sorry about your relationship with the world. It says it right here. Change your laughter to mourning, your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and what? He will lift you up. The way to be exalted is to be humble. It doesn't make sense. The reason it doesn't make sense is because it's driven by God, not the world. But if we do it, if we humble ourselves, he will lift you up. Like that woman said, what a weight was taken off. Brothers, do not slander one another or any other sins. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. You know, the law is there for a good reason, to show us why we need forgiveness from Christ. So we don't hate the law by any stretch of the imagination. But if we do sin, we sin, then we find ourselves in opposition to the law. And if we say then we don't have sin or don't receive that as a wrong, we're actually saying the law is wrong. Does that make sense? That's a little weird. But that's what he says. Don't find yourself in that position. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver. See, when we 
When we end up saying we don't have sin or that law is not real, then we put ourselves in the position of God, deciding what's right and wrong. Is it you who decides what's right and wrong? Or is it the Lord whom you follow? See, that's what he's saying. This can be a difficult passage. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? There's two things there. There's don't be in the world, and there's also don't judge others who are outside of the law, but love them. Love them and forgive them and pray for them, and you will be like Jesus. Thanks be unto God for this word. Read it. Take it in and let it be part of your heart, soul, and mind. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this passage from James. Yeah, he, uh, uh, he beats us up. Father, you beat us up a little bit with this passage. Thank you. Thank you. We are supposed to thank you and be glad for good and evil in our lives. So we thank you that this is a little bit difficult, but we love it. We love it just the same. Our hearts yearn and long for your holy word. Whether it's blessing us or whether it's telling us to get in line, it is all good. And we thank you for it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about the ministries and mission of Tulare Community Church, visit us at tccalive.org.